Hello, listener. Welcome to episode two of Harry Hardy's fun Saturday internet podcast thing. I think that's the name of it. I think it is. Yep. I'm pretty sure it is. Welcome to episode two of that. Hey, don't listen to a second more of this until you've heard me say these very important words. Pay close attention to these words. Don't pay any attention to the background noise or anything else. Just focus on these words that I'm about to read to you right now. Have you ever been to a silent disco? If not, why not? They are amazing fun, and it adds a unique spin on any event. Got a house party coming up, but don't want to disturb your neighbours? Because you are kind like that? Silent Disco is a perfect opportunity to party without the noise. Check out www.headphoneparty.com and mention me, Harry Hardy, for an extra 10% discount on their already great prices for any sized event up to 2,000 headphones. Hey, and why not also follow the owner of Headphone Party, Simon, on Twitter for more details, at UK Silent Disco. I know Simon personally, he's a great guy, uh, so you can trust me when I say he's going to do a great event for you. Uh, He also does a weekly Silent Disco event at the Mile Castle Pub in Newcastle, that's every Wednesday night. Uh, Get yourself down there, it's a very unique sort of event, if you've ever been to a Silent Disco before. Uh, You've probably been to one of Simon's, he was one of the very first companies operating in the UK, uh, and he's very, very good at it. He's been doing it for about 10 years. Check him out. UK Silent Disco on Twitter, headphoneparty.com. Anyway, welcome to episode two. Uh, I'm in my kitchen in Salford making a cup of tea. That's what this kettle noise is. I'm getting very close to the kettle. Can you hear that? I'm boiling. Mm. Uh, I'm preparing myself for an interview with Vaughan Earl Norman, which I'm going to conduct soon i'm going down to media city to the studios uh this is in real life you're going to hear it very very soon on this podcast like in about a few minutes actually but for me uh it's it's going to be a few hours before i even conduct the interview that's that's how this podcast is this week and yeah i'm just preparing myself i'm gonna have a cup of tea uh, I might have a little nap because I've got a few hours before I have to do it and I'm very, very, very sleepy. I'm in the middle of assignment, uh, let's say a week, it's more like you know a fortnight of just getting all my university assignments all together and uh, polishing a few turds and all that, all that crap. I don't even want to think about it. I've got a big assignment due tomorrow and I don't want to do it. I really don't care about it anymore. I, I hate what I'm doing. Uh, apart from this podcast, this is the only thing that I'm enjoying at the minute. Uh, and, and I'm gonna enjoy this cup of tea as well. I'm just gonna pour it. Oh, I don't even have a, I don't even have a tea bag in the mug. I was gonna just pour boiling water by itself in a mug. What an absolute twat I am. Yep. So I'm gonna be chatting to Vaughnail Norman. He's a very interesting guy. Uh, you've probably heard him from uh, Pat and Clive Not Live, the podcast. You've probably heard him talking with Bob Mortimer on Ian Lee's phone-in show on Talk Radio. He uh, he was very, uh, he, he was into that about, was it last summer, I think? He was, he was the whole fast running thing. We're going to talk about that, I'm sure. Uh, we're going to cover a whole lot of other things as well. Uh, I'm not sure yet because the conversation's not even happened yet. So, there's not really much more for me to do other than just introduce the the conversation right now, the interview. I hope you enjoy it. I hope I enjoy it as well. I'm very sure I will. Here is me chatting to Vaughan Earl Norman. Here we go. All right, Vaughan, uh, how is it going? Thank you for coming on the podcast. It's absolutely fine. Thank you very much. I'm, Lovely stuff. I'm, I'm doing, doing, 
I'd say I was doing well, but I've been laid in bed three days poorly, but that's a different story. But I'm fine. I'm okay. Are you doing all right? You were, you were telling me in, in the uh, DMs that um, you get quite sleepy around this time. I do. I can, but I've... Um, I've been. I had a late sort of sleep today, so I'm all right. I'm on a lot. I'm on quite a lot of morphine and other painkillers oh, because of uh, because of the ca- um, certain well cancer and uh, and uh, psoriatic arthritis and an immune disorder. So I'm I'm a bit of a mess. So I do take a lot of painkillers, which do slow me down a bit. But um, I bet they, I bet they knock you out at some point of the day, like yeah. Well, I, like like any other drug addict, you get used to it. <laughs> You know what I mean? As any other junkie, yeah. you just get used to it. So I, I, I don't, I don't get any. There's no, there's no ecstatic feeling or euphoria uh, with when it comes to to uh, surgically or a prescription morphine. Unfortunately. Oh man! So there's no like actual plus side at all to it, really. Well, then? slightly less pain. So, so that's it. Oh well, I, yeah, yeah. Man, I know. Well, we've jumped straight into the deep end there. With I the, know. Uh... Sorry about that. That's that's going to no, that's going to go I'm, down well with your audience, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> if anything, I, I'm sorry. If anything, I'm oh, dearie me. No, Vaughan, it's how fine. Would you... It's fine. On. It's fine. Honestly, I'm an open book. <laughs> yeah, cool thing. Uh, Vaughan, how would you best describe yourself? I am a 51 year old dad. Um, yes. Sorry, that's oh. Right, we might have to. Is that Skype I heard there or Facebook? Yeah, sorry about that. I'll just get rid of it. It's my son. Sorry. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Um, I'm a 51 year old dad living in North Yorkshire. I am ill and not working mm. regularly at all. My background is in uh, the oil and gas industry, believe it or not. Um, I've always had a very keen interest in comedy and. Um, and acting, and I've done bits and pieces of both. And uh, it's only really last year that I started developing any sort of real ambition about comedy, so, you know, about doing comedy. Maybe a year before, possibly. So I'm a yeah. I'm a late bloomer. Yeah. Did you have like the um, like an ambition to? produce your own comedy and comedic programs before last year then did you was it something that you always wanted to get into no i had an interest in it um and i listen i'm an avid podcast listener because i like to say unfortunately i don't work so i um i listened to a lot of comedy podcasts and you know of and i was surprised how much audience some of it got for very yeah. little quality sometimes. Do you know what I mean? And, yeah, um, you, you get the sort of feeling like, oh, I could do better than that in, in a way. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Without sounding too immodest or big-headed, yeah, I thought, well, you know. Because if, you, if you're a funny person, um, and a lot of funny people go through life, and there's lots and lots of funny people who never make a career of it, and mm. there's lots of people who think they're funny who are not funny. No, um, yeah. But the funny people can always make other people laugh without trying too hard, or a line comes into your head where you can say you say it and you realise that people find it funny before you find it funny, really. But it just pops into your head, and I've been able to do that really for, for all my life to a certain degree. And you know, I was popular at school because I could make people laugh, and you know, I didn't. I stopped. 
I didn't get bullied or, you know, I was part of the in crowd because I was a funny guy. So, yeah. So I've always had a, you know, there's always been an ability to make people laugh. Um, and, and I've always loved comedy, whether it's like TV comedy. And my dad's a very funny bloke and we used to watch comedy together. So, so that, you know, that was a nice bond between us, between us two. So, um, comedy what sort of uh what sort of programs did you watch with your dad oh well i'm an old man so it would have been things like uh monty python spike yeah. milligan thought you'd say them faulty towers <laughs> uh you know not the nine o'clock news uh blackadder uh, the young ones bottom mm. bottom is is my favorite sitcom ever um i just loved rick mail Definitely, they were great, weren't they? Yeah. Pairing Rick and Aid. Yeah, just uh, just well, wonderful people. Yeah, my dad's fifty-one as well, and those were the uh, we not not so much Monty Python, but he brought me up on the Young Ones, and uh, well, not even Bottom actually. It was a program we'd watch regularly together, me and my dad, when I was growing up. Was the Young Ones because yeah. it was just he, he just he he had to show me. I think it was like an education, yeah. really, in yeah, in comedy. Well, I've and got I've got a son who's fifteen. I'm a sort of bit of a later dad, but. Uh, and he loves comedy, and he's funny, and he makes people mm. laugh. And he wants to be an actor, and he's a very, very, very good actor. And, yeah, does uh, he? I, I does think he got a college, or yeah. Well, he's fifteen, so he's, he's still at school, but oh, uh, yeah. he's done done a bit of West End work and um, oh. some reviews and things like that. But he's a very gifted, uh, very gifted actor, and he loves he he can make people laugh. He's he does he's a, his report school reports are exactly the same as mine, you know. Uh, distracting clown of the class and all that sort of thing. So yeah, yeah. So to get back to uh, w- why I decided to do something, uh-huh. um, it was really down to, I guess it was down to Ian Lee, and mm. um, and his radio show because I, I, I listened on and off to Ian for a long, you know, for a long time. I wasn't like one of these mad avid fanatics and i i've got i've got no problem with people like that but i just wasn't i had a young family and you know so i followed him through all of his various guises and obviously living in the northeast so i didn't get some of it before the internet radio came so so i lost touch and then when he came back to um talk talk radio i started listening again and and of course the thing that the thing that made me think about doing it was was Keith, <laughs> Keith Yeah, Bob Mortimer's Keith, character. Keith, it's not Bob Mo- it's not Bob Mortimer. Oh no 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 sorry, wrong uh, one. Oh is it not oh should I not mention that? Is that a have, have I got that wrong? Yeah it's not Bob uh, there's this big rumour that it's Bob Mortimer. It's not Bob Mortimer. I thought it was Bob Mortimer. No, no. Oh, it's a guy man. it's literally a guy who lives on on the council estate next to me. And um <laughs> Um, I sometimes take my nephew and nieces t- to school, and uh, there's a guy that that sounds like Clive goes there uh, right. to the same school, and, and this Keith <laughs> actually goes there. So when I heard Keith on the radio, I was like, "This is just crazy." I'm going to have to ring up because obviously it's quite well known in that school that Keith and Clive don't get on. Mm. So um i thought i thought to myself well i'll ring in his clive and see if i can wind this keith lad up you know i don't know either you, you of... rang in you rang in as clive you i rang in Clive's voice yeah then. i rang in as clive and uh 
you know, it was like, uh, I know that Keith, lad, he's a liar. You know, it was like Tisa, <laughs> like real. And he, 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 um, and of course, Keith bit, you know, he bit like crazy, didn't he? And rang in again and sent text mm. messages in. So Yeah, there was like an entire saga yeah. like uh, that played out like over a few weeks. Yeah. Was it last summer? I yeah, think it I was, think it, it was. I think, no, it was last spring, I think. It was April, May, I guess. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, um, so, and uh, that was really fun. It was really, really fun. And, um, and like I say, I, I, I love Ian to bits. I think he's a wonderful broadcaster. And he's obviously a very clever, intelligent man, um, which which you don't have to be. You don't have to be that to, to be in that job. But he, he, he is. Do you know what I mean? He's very perceptive and mm. he's got a good comedy brain. And um, he obviously saw saw the funny side of it. And I never told him who I was. You know, I was, I, I never said I'm Vaughn doing Clive. I just, you know, and, um, and, uh, how did he, did he, did he never find out it was you then? Cause I, I remember having a conversation with Ian, uh, when I was down at talk, uh, in yeah, July yeah. about how, uh, because of this, you got, you ended up getting the part on Vic and Bob's show. Yes. And when well, he, when he told me that, I was like, oh, get in. Yeah. Good for Vaughn. Yeah. What happened was, um, Obviously, Bob Mortimer's agent or driver, right? Okay, or one of his yeah. bodyguards. Bob's got a couple of bodyguards, you know, mm. because this he's is how co- Bob. This is this is what I, I, I knew. Bob was a part of this story somehow. Yeah, well, Bob Mortimer, right. Bob Mortimer's like he's he's got his comedy side, but up in the northeast, he's quite he's quite big in the in the sort of underworld, criminal underworld as well, and um, so he has a, like he drives. I don't know if you ever seen them blacked out like Cadillac Escalades. I've seen them. Yeah, he drives one of their. He doesn't drive. Obviously, he sits in the back. But he's got <laughs> he's got a couple of bodyguards, and they must have been driving to, you know, to a gig or something or whatever. I don't know what Bob does nowadays. But um, and he obviously heard it, and then his his agent, his bodyguard, or one of his one of his middlemen, uh, contacted the show and said, Mister Mortimer wants him you know so like it wasn't even a question it was like a yeah, demand it was, it's like the sort of metaphorically pointed at you yeah, and went and said oh, we want him and we want him in a threatening way really i thought oh god i've upset mr mortimer you know was it intimidating yeah of course it was and uh hmm. ian ian i don't know how he, he ian got my email from somewhere or, or messaged me and said oh Someone pretending to be Bob Mortimer's bodyguard or, or or middleman, you know, the suitcase carrier, that sort of thing in the underworld. Mm. You know what I mean, don't you? I get you, I get yeah. you, the, uh, one of the henchmen. Yeah, like a henchman, but like one of the clever ones, not the big guys with the guns. And anyway, right, sort so, of like a, a, like a semi-brains behind the yeah, operation. Like a, like not, a, like, not like a full-blown, like, yeah. you know... Like a capo, yeah, de, a capo de capo sort of guy, like, you know? Like a henchman with A-levels. yeah. Yeah, you right. could say that, like accountancy, an accountancy degree or something. All right. So Ian then messaged me and said, "Oh, this guy's been been on to me. Mister Mortimer wants to speak to you." So I, obviously, I was I know his comedy side, but I, I've never been in touch with that side of his life, and it's quite so. I was quite frightened, really. So I met him. I met him on the A nineteen at uh, right. at, a, at an OK diner. I know the I know the OK Diner. In, yep. in the I can car park the scene. at two uh-huh. o'clock in the morning, 
This is southbound, right? Bro- yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I know he, exactly what you mean. He uh, and obviously, I drove. I drove my disability car next to his Escalade, and he saw it like zzz, the window went down, and and I just saw the top of Bob's head because obviously <laughs> it's quite short, but it's a big car. And I was mm. craning up, and he said, um, "I'm not going to do the voice." He went, "Are you Vaughn? Uh, do you fancy doing some Vic and Bob stuff with us, like, and that? And you I said, said you wouldn't do the voice. Oh, yeah, sorry. And uh, <laughs> and I said, uh, w- w- what do you mean, Mr. Monitor? I'm not in trouble. He said, no, I uh, I like your stuff and that. So I said, all right, thank you very much. He said, um, but you'll have to audition, all right. And then just drove, like, the, he tapped the wind, tapped his big diamond ring like on the side of the window and it just sped off. And then I can imagine him having like a big thick Cuban cigar as well and just like tapping the ash out. Well, like... I think I think since his heart problems he doesn't he doesn't smoke oh. them anymore, but but he probably would have at some point. It was probably like a low fat one or something like a diet uh, Cuban cigar. No, he vapes. Oh, does he? All yeah. oh, right, okay. It was he, probably he a... vapes he vapes illegal immigrant tears. Ah. Oh. Yeah, it's quite bizarre, but anyway, that's up to him. So that's I how the how the other half live, how eh? The other half live, yeah. So I then came home, and then I got this email from uh, from him with some lines on, and he said, "Video yourself." And of course, I was thinking, "Oh God, what does he want?" You know, because you don't know with these under under do, underworld no, gangsters. And he said, "That's a bizarre request." Yeah, I'd be, I'd it could be, be anything. I mean, yeah, this tape. Of, Donald Trump and your mind just starts whirling. Mm. So I just got the lines and they weren't sexy lines. It was just you know, I hello, I'm Rod Stewart, daddy, that da, da. So I did I did this tape fully clothed, I hastened to add, and um, and I sent it off on on the YouTube's. And um, a couple of weeks later, he said, "Oh, I've spoken to uh, Jim Vic Reeves, and we'd love you to do the show." So that was how I got that um, Vic and Bob that gig. gig. Yeah, yeah, that's 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 great. So, that. it's, it's not it's not how I imagined it no, would happen. No, did you? It, it's did it's you, not a very conventional showbiz sort of story. No, that, but did you imagine it was just like he 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 was actually Keith and he heard me my response to him and thought he might be funny to come on my show and then quite nicely emailed me with a lovely email saying. Uh, thanks for doing that. It was it was a real compliment to my character. Would you like to come on the show? Yeah, that's pretty much exactly yeah. how I thought it happened. It might, but, um, yeah, a different world, a parallel universe. It might have happened like that. That's the way the world, uh, the comedy world operates. I guess normally, normally mm. they're all they're all pretty 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 nasty people. Yeah. I mean, Jimmy Carr, Jimmy Carr. Oh, d- oh you got yeah. some filth about you know, Jimmy Carr, you know, you? you? know the stories about him, don't you? Uh, I don't know about Jimmy Carr. Yeah, can't be well, proven. Tell me never, anyway, though. Never be proven, but um, <coughs> but there's a lot of children gone missing. So, yeah, so that's how I got to do the gig with Vic and Bob. Right. So, what was it like to have your ass kicked on BBC Two by Vic Reeves with a prosthetic leg? Um, it was very, very, very good fun. <laughs> I tell you what. Um, 
obviously, I mean, <clears throat> I'm t- I probably got the gig in, I probably got confirmation and a, and a BBC contract in huh. April. And they said, we're doing the filming in June. So you can imagine, I was like a kid at Christmas. I was a kid, mm. I was like a kid in November waiting for Christmas Day. And um, so, and the people involved, the producer, I'm not going to name names or anything, but the people involved, the producer and... Name one, name one name, go on. Lisa Clark, who produced it, and and the director, Matt Whitecross. I I, I just said one name. Oh, sorry. You can delete that. But, um, and loads and loads of the makeup girls, the wardrobe, everyone on the two days I was down there were absolutely fantastic. They were superb. Um, but what, what surprised me was how brilliant Vic and Bob were with me because they, they realised I wasn't Matt Lucas or Matt Berry. I wasn't a seasoned TV sort of comedian. Yeah. Um, and as you know, they've, they've, they've got a, certainly got a record of, of giving I won't say giving people a break because that sounds a bit naff but certainly giving unknowns spots on their shows shall we say and yeah. um, you know things like well of course Matt Lucas probably got his biggest break on Shoot Stars and so did Angelo Sepp- uh, Dan Skinner with Angelo Sepithemu didn't he but um, I, I think maybe as well like it helped you as well that um, you were a Northeasterner too like, yeah like- I think so I think it suited I think it suited uh, suited the sort of style that the, that the one yeah. did um, I mean, you've got their you've got their sense of humour bang on. Yeah, I'd I th- reckon. I, well, I think so. I think it's a very particular Middlesbrough Teesside sense of mm. humour. Uh, Bob, Bob especially. I mean, Vic is Vic is is literally in a world of his own. I mean, to meet <laughs> him, he's a very shy, but very kind and generous mentor yeah, and and person. He's... I've heard this about Vic. I've heard like from uh, it was uh, on Richard Herring's podcast. I yeah. remember Bob saying that Vic is difficult to meet because yeah. he is shy, yeah. and that could be misinterpreted as like you know rude. Uh, yeah, it can, it can, it can, it can. Uh, I'm, I'm sure it can be construed as arrogance to a certain degree. Yeah. But I'll tell you one thing: I arrived um, about eleven thirty, eleven forty-five to the studio, and it was in central London. And the girls, one of the production assistants said, uh, "Oh, we're just gonna we're gonna grab lunch. It normally takes about half an hour to 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 get here. What do you fancy?" And I yeah. said, "Oh, well, I, I saw a sushi place down there, like a sushi." Hey, when in London, go for sushi. Yeah. Why not? And um, and uh, Vic Reeves said, "Oh, I like sushi. I'll come with you." So within ten oh. minutes of meeting him, he was quite happy to stroll. You know the five hundred yards to this sushi restaurant. We 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 bought it to take out. and We went back to the studio, but we we spoke for about ten fifteen minutes, walking there and walking back. You know, and he really put me at ease. And he was. Ju- we yeah. talked about his art, and we talked. You know, I, I I tried not to be too much of a fanboy and just chatted away. And, See, uh, I'd be the total opposite if that was me in that situation. I, I, well, I, I couldn't help myself the, if if the thing is, I I can with all you know, and this is no way disparaging to to a younger person but i'm 51 year old do you know what i mean so it wasn't i'm if if i was 20 
two rather than if I was 21 rather, and, and it was Vic and Bob, I would probably be exactly the same. And mm. that's not disparaging, but you, you know, I, I've seen it and done it and life sort of, <laughs> life's yeah, yeah. worn me down a bit. So, but it was an honour. You become less starstruck. And you yeah, it was an honour. It was, really was an honour to meet him and, and I'm, I'm just as much a fanboy as anyone else. But, um, and we talked about art because I love art as well and, you know, I've done bits and pieces. And so we mainly talked about that. And then we went our separate ways. You know, he went to his dressing room and I went to the dressing room I'd been given. And we'd, mm. um, and then we had our lunch and what have you. And then we we started rehearsing on the first day. And they don't like rehearsing too much. They like to keep it really, really fresh. Get that improv feeling. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's, well, it's rehearsed and it's scripted. Uh, and the wonderful thing about an experience like that is sat where the audience would sat with wardrobe and makeup and it's quite a small intimate studio the place we were at and uh so we were sat there and they were creating on the spot they were actually creating bits and pieces or adding to and taking away throughout the day so you know i probably saw three series worth of material <laughs> do you know what i mean or at least maybe three. you did yeah yeah it, they so, just kept chopping and changing it and and the process the process they went through um, was fascinating. The chemistry they've got to, together is just just wonderful. It, it was it was awe inspiring. It truly was, and I guess that's probably the same with a lot of um, a lot of duos who've been together a long time. But they just yeah. knew what worked, knew what didn't. I mean, one scene. I'm not going to say what it is, but one scene um, due to some technical difficulties, they had to change it completely. So the well, on on the day on they the day to totally rewrite it yeah on the day well they just ad libbed it right and they didn't like the ending and, they, and because of this technical issue that they, they had to change the sort of scope of the sketch anyway and it was to be a live sketch on the on the show it wasn't a pre recorded one um and they changed it completely and it was much much better than the original and it, unfortunately I'm sure it'll be on another sh- on another show because uh, in the future. But it was just wonderful to watch that process, and I was just absolutely aghast and agog. I was, I was, I was just amazed at at the, at the brilliance of them both. Just yeah, that's, to, that's quite the uh, peek behind the curtain that you yeah. were uh, given right there. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So that was just an honour itself, really. And then, yeah. and then to actually work with them. I mean, as as you saw, the amount of work I did with them. Off stage was probably more than it was on stage and on screen because I wasn't I wasn't sure of what I mean it sounds so wanky but I wasn't sure of who I was. Do you know what I mean? Or, or actually, who I was in the show. In in what sense? Like well, uh, you didn't know what the character. Was yes, exactly. Were, like, I mean, I party... didn't, what I didn't what I didn't know was um, whether this guy was. Thought like he was Rod Stewart. Rod Stewart or... oh, right, yeah, yeah, I get you. He was a guy who thought he was Rod Stewart, or he was a guy chancing his arm, thinking he was clever <laughs> enough to get one over on Vic and Bob. Yeah. Or whether he was just stupid and thought he could get over one over on Vic and Bob to get some money. Or whether well, when, it, I, when I saw it, when I saw yeah. it for the first time, I, I was under the impression that it was the genuine Rod Stewart. That's, that's what I <laughs> was. The, was the impression that good? 
Yes, you you were bang on. No, but like I thought, I thought he was written as he was meant to be really Rod Stewart, not like a fantasist or you know someone just trying to con Vic and Bob out of Did a tenor. You? I thought I thought it was yeah. Isn't that interesting. <laughs> it is. Well, that's what I thought it was intended to be. I, obviously, I knew it wasn't. You know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're not a true likeness of Rod Stewart. Yeah. But that's no, what I interpreted it as. No, at least no. My 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 characterization was not that. Um, no. My characterization was. A really thick bloke trying to con two people who were who were stupid, but not as stupid as him. <laughs> and of course, you know, my you know, I changed my accent. I've made my accent a lot thicker, and mm. I, you know, made my uh, when I say thicker, I meant as in more tea side rather than more stupid. And then I yeah. made myself more stupid, and uh, and the costume, of course, was intended to make me look a bit, you know. Make me look a Attractive, bit crap, yeah. because right. obviously Rod Stewart wouldn't wear beige Crocs and a and, and a mixed match <laughs> tracksuit. Did you, you have know? Did you have beige Crocs on? I didn't even know. Yes, I didn't yes, I had beige Crocs and grey <laughs> socks on. Yeah, all my own costume. <laughs> I may add. Oh, you brought the clothes down? Yes, I did. Bob ah. Bob wanted me just to, to wear what I wore. All right. Uh, which was Lee, you know which. You know, I, I mean, I'm from Teesside, but I don't wear a, I don't wear a shell suit all the time. You no, know I mean? <laughs> not all the time. But yes, yeah, so, only on weekends. So the the process was rehearsal during the day, and then a live recording one night, and then break, and then come back to the studio the next day, rehearse all day. Of course, there was a lot more to the show than my bit, so. So I was sort of, I had the joy of sitting there, you know, listening to Vic and Bob work, which is always good. Like I, I said that was previously, fantastic, that, yeah. yeah. And then, then another live recording. So they did two live recordings of the show. Okay. And then they, um, and then they meld whatever bits work within the two shows, and and get that fresh at it. And of course, Matt, Matt, and I'm saying Matt Whitecross. Am I right in saying Matt Whitecross? Um, who's the uh, who's the director? Did uh, Supersonic with um, the Oasis? Yeah, and of course, okay. what um, I'm going to get? Oh God, it is Matt Whitecross. Yes, thank goodness for that. Um, <laughs> he uh, and I had Matt Whitehouse in my head for a second then, um, but he he's Who's he he's one he's one. It's not, I don't think it's anyone, but he yeah, uh, he just double check. he has a sort of experience of live live performance. So the, so Vic and Bob wanted that sort of live feeling to it, you know, like the like the early like the pub, you know, when they were at the pubs in yeah. London and when they did the first series. So and I think it worked really well. Myself, I don't know what definitely other was. It was a good like uh, it was a good like. Um look back at at the old show I thought it yeah. was true to it in a, in a sense I missed Les yeah a true, true but I mean again I think if the if they'd rehashed a lot of him you know and who yeah. says they're not going to come back I don't think Les would come back but I don't think I, I do. are you saying they're going to come back is this is this top grade industry secret material that you're leaking right now are you saying there's a commission yeah it's been commissioned for another four oh. episodes yeah oh it's not a secret then Yes, it's. I've let it out the bag. <laughs> We've got an exclusive an right exclusive. here. There are four other episodes coming out. 
Whether I'm Very in nice. whether I'm in them is another story, but uh, but anyway, but I hope you're in them because your contribution was you were like one of the standout, you know, <laughs> segments of the show. I think Rod Stewart. Well, I think I think I, I must admit, I, I'll be honest with you, I got absolutely brilliant feedback from ninety nine point nine 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 percent of people on Twitter and from, I mean, yeah. obviously from friends and what have you. I mean, I live in Teesside, so most of them said you were shit. Oh, that's nice of them. You know, what, well, what, why are you bothering doing that, you fat ginger twat? You know what I mean? That's, that, so that's the best compliment I could expect from, from my friends in Teesside, um, which yeah. is, which is powerful, the course, if you know Middlesbrough and Teesside. But, um, so yeah, so, um, they might bring some more characters back, but I, I, it was the far, the format was was Vic and, was Vic Reeves' big night out. But I, I just loved the fact that they sort of said, yeah, they nodded that di- in that direction. But they were so fresh and modern and innovative, and you know all the things that people should be when they when the when they do something twenty five years later. You know what I mean? Mm. Because who want you know if you want to see, if you want to see all those characters, just. Watch the DVD. Do you know what I mean? That's my point. That's my opinion anyway. But, I mean, there was some... Most of the feedback I read, because obviously being a noob and a nerd and a a comedy fan, I did read a lot of the reviews and... Most of it was fairly positive, I think, but some of it said, that's "Oh, good, that, you know. that's that, that's that, that's a good sign that people enjoyed yeah. your performance." No, I meant generally speaking, not my performance. Oh, but for I the program, I w- yeah, I wouldn't. Yeah, oh, God, knows I wouldn't read anything about me. I think. <laughs> I think the only thing someone sent me a review in a, one of these sort of like, I guess it was a one-man blog that pretended to be a a commercial type news organization said they're the best things online i never read anything else i only ever read those blogs yeah the fantastic. I get all my information from yeah and it said even even the presence of the overweight slob couldn't make this any seem any funnier or something like that so that was nice he, he sounds he sounds like a nice person so i, I put on twitter how dare he call me a slob <laughs> i might be <laughs> overweight but i'm not a slob anyway no. So, so I've got my fingers crossed about, you know, doing some more with them because it would be just lovely. I've got mine crossed for you too. I'd thank love to you. see you again on there. Thanks, Harry. That's really appreciated. No, thank you, Vaughan. It's it's, it's definitely all right. It's fine. Um, do you want to talk about Pat and Clive? Well, yeah, yeah, I would love to because Pat and Clive is is something I love dearly. I absolutely adore Pat and Clive, and mm. um. How that was pa- something as well that formulated through Ian Lee's talk radio show again, wasn't it? It did to some degree because obviously, I mean, the thing is, the Clive who rang in on the radio station is not the Clive Sutcliffe who no, appears in Pat and Clive. Mm. But I met Pat Riley, is a naughty man boy who rang into um, rang into uh, Ian Lee's radio show. Didn't he? I don't know if you. He did. did. You? He's 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 filthy. He's, the things he says. Oh, just superb. Just absolutely. And I found him hilarious. I really did. Genuinely, genuinely, just funny. And the one sketch he did, one radio calling he did when he was doing the ribbon twirling. <laughs> he's smashing and, everything yeah. in the background. And bearing in mind, he created such a wonderful piece of 
surreal nonsense out of a telephone, I guess an empty tin of biscuits, <laughs> and his voice. Yeah. And it made such a wonderful picture in my mind and image that I just I cried with laughter when I heard that. And I said to I myself, "I remember listening to that live. Yeah, yeah. I remember it was it was like pure art on the yeah, radio. It yeah, was it astonishing. Was. It was performance art, definitely. Mm. And I and I said to myself after that, I said, "I've got to get in touch with this guy. I've got to find out who he is." And of course, it was very difficult to find out who Pat was because a lot of people, and I think to a certain degree, Ian and Kath thought Pat was real. Mm. Um, yeah, for for a time they did. I remember yeah. them being fearful of him. <laughs> yeah. They thought he was he was a genuine stalker. Yeah, but I yeah. think I was so relieved. Yeah, yeah. And Ian's clever. Ian's clever enough. And I don't know whether I don't know whether he's like this with other people who ring in with with who do character comedy. But the very few times I've communicated with him uh, about it. You know, break, yeah. breaking the fourth wall to a certain degree, and I, I haven't. We, I've never rang in and said, "Well, I'll put it this way." I've, I've contacted him and said, "Look, I'm, I might ring in and do this," and he said, and he's, and he's, he, he always sends a quick email. It's only a few words. He said, "Don't ever ring. Don't ever tell me what you're going right. to do," because I yeah. think he doesn't. And it's very clever, really, if you think about it. Some someone who someone who's scared would want to know exactly what's going to be going on in his radio but show. He likes he likes the danger, doesn't he? He loves the danger, and he loves and his reactions have to be natural. And if he doesn't find something funny that that I've done, you know, it's obvious, and he doesn't mm. pretend it's funny when it isn't. So I, you know, or, or something Pat's done's gone over the top, he'll just cut him off, and. <laughs> So I learned not to, I've, and to be honest with you, I haven't rang in for a long time because I've just I've not been well enough, and and I've, I've mm. you know sunk my time into Vic and Bob, and my I, I only have a little bit of energy every day, and so I sink my yeah. energy into Pat and Clive and 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 Vic and Bob, and I do, you know, I, I should ring in more, and I, I might start again, but so I managed to find out who Pat was and I, I'm not I don't think I'm, we should mention it on here who Pat is no that's definitely let people not find out but I, I I found Pat and I contacted him and said we had a long three and a half hour telephone conversation and we said and he, he said oh I love your stuff your characters you know it's you know wonderful and it's just like so pathetic and, and the way you've, you've got such a great backstory and and we should do, you know, we should do something. I said, well, yeah, I, I, that's why I rang you because I want to do something. And yeah. um, so we that's decided. Really nice that you both had the same thing. Yeah, had, yeah, had we, same we had a mutual. We have a really mutual. We had a mutual admiration, and now we have a mutual love. We really, really do love each other in a non, you know, in a frater- in a fraternal you, way. You can you can love each other in any way you want. I'm not going to judge you. No. He like he wants to have sex with me, but I've told him I'm 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 not having it. He's offered to pay, <laughs> but it won't happen. Um, How much is he offering to pay you? Fiver. <laughs> it's why not That's, take it's it? A, it's a fiver. It's less than the national minimum wage. <laughs> what, an hourly rate. He's not going to go for an hour, is he? No, that was for the weekend. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> A whole seven minutes of pure <laughs> hot sex. So I um, 
<laughs> That's the title of my podcast right there. Yeah, yeah there you are. Um, well, the, you, you, it will be down to seven minutes by the time you cut out my drone. I'm not voice. cutting any of this out. I, oh, I'm enjoying God. this. Um, so I said to, I said, I said to Pat, right, what should we do? And said, oh, we'll have to do a podcast. So and I, and we both agreed that we wouldn't just do very much like your podcast. Really, we wouldn't set. It wouldn't be Pat and Clive. Uh, talk about films or Pat and Clive talk about TV or Pat and Clive you know it Mm. was just going to be Pat and Clive and whatever comes into our heads for that week's podcast we'll just do it and that might be so the first one was me and Pat uh, Pat and Clive doing uh, a sort of radio show with pre-recorded bits and things like that and um yeah, you did a uh, a segment on butterflies. Yeah, didn't you, if was, I remember the, yeah. The, when I killed that rare butterfly, we did. <laughs> we had we had um, Vera Lynn come in. Yes, who we th- who we <laughs> threw down Vera. the stairs. Yeah, Vera Lynn. <laughs> yeah, we had Dame Vera Lynn through through down the stairs. We had what else did we have in that episode? I haven't listened to it for a long time. So it was a mixed. It was just stuff that we came. We'd sit talk for hours. Uh, usually very late at night because I I tend to I tend to be in a lot of pain at night. So if I yeah. don't take loads of morphine, I can't sleep. So, but if I take loads of morphine, I'm asleep during the day. So it's 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 a it's a real vicious cycle. So sometimes and and Pat works very strange hours as well. Being um, Pat works, yeah. He's well. He, he's. I mean, I'll, there's a whole other story about working, recording with Pat. I'll tell you that in a minute. But um, I look forward to it. Yeah. So we we decided to do Susan. So the first episode was like a variety sort of sketch show, and then the second one we did um, was me and uh, Pat and Clive go on a road trip to take Sister Mary to. A uh, rehab centre, Catholic nuns rehab centre in Wales, yeah. and that's when we uh, can I say all this because it's a bit rude. Of course, you can. Yeah, Go where for it. Pat wanked off Bruce Forsyth, and we thought we killed him, <laughs> and we we released that three days before Sir Bruce died. <laughs> so you can imagine. I mean, and the, let's. And we 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 literally discussed whether we should whether we should you know delete it, but <laughs> we picked Bruce Forsyth because we both loved him. Yeah, do you know what yeah. I mean? We didn't pick him. Yeah. We didn't pick. It wasn't him. that was spite. It was it was from the heart. Yeah, and then I had a fight with him a a, a, a gibbon, didn't I? In that one, I went to the zoo <laughs> and I was allowed to feed the female gibbon, and I think I killed a monkey. So in the first one I killed butterflies, and the second one I killed monkeys. Then we came across Tommy Robinson and Katie Hopkins having sex in the field. Mm-hmm. Oh, and the first one, um, Pat, who's mad on autographs, went into David Dickinson's garden, and David Dickinson came downstairs naked into the garden, and Pat and Pat and him had a had a fight with David Dickinson naked. <laughs> So it's pretty bizarre and pretty filthy to be honest with you, but and it's it, you can imagine the fun you have recording that sort of thing. What? How, yeah. 
I mean, what's your sort of recording setup? Because um, you're both quite far away from each other, aren't you? Yeah, and yeah. Um, is it pa- similar to what we're doing now? How you're recording it on your end, and you transfer the file over? After yeah, or? yeah, yeah. Very similar. Pat, Pat, Pat lives in a homeless shelter in um, Brighton, I think it is. That's Unless sad he's been thrown out. I know it's that awful. Well, he's he's a, he. I'm trying to get some help with him for his spice addiction, but we. It's really difficult because he, you know, sometimes he wants help, sometimes he doesn't. It's terrible. But so we. Are you trying to help him by getting him some more spice? No, no, obviously trying to get him off it. That would be ridiculous. Mm. Um, That'd be ridiculous. <laughs> so we, so yes, yeah, so he's he he goes to the library and uses their computer to to record, right, and then yeah. he sends the raw data up to me. Then I edit it together. Then I add the sound effects and the, and all of the you know the, and, and and try and build an image up through sometimes eleven tracks of 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 sound and background and music and things like that, and it takes weeks and weeks and mm. weeks to do. Well, you you properly craft it as well. It it, it yeah. comes out sounding like you know like a soundscape a yes. lot of the time. Yeah, yeah, it's very very carefully put together. It sounds yeah. ridiculously. Um, you put more care and, inte- and attention into things than what I do. Yeah, well, I mean that's great, but that, there's a place for that, isn't there? There's a place for that, and there's a place for that. I have no problem. Mm. I have no problem with either. But because the situations, see the the rules we have in that, because the situations are so ridiculous and so unbelievable, you've got to make sure they they, they sound totally genuine. Yeah. Because if you don't, it's just ridiculous. So, you know, we had to find the sound of David Dickinson's Willie hitting Clyde, uh, Pat on the cheek or the sound of Kate. You know, I had to do Tommy Robinson, Kate Hopkins making love and, and alter the sound to make it sound quite genuine, you know. Mm. Not that I've seen Tommy Robinson and Katie Hopkins have sex or even heard them, but my interpretation of it. So, but it, There's genuine... a lot of hateful speech going on when they do that, though. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, the, 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 there's there's a lot of there's a lot of hate and yeah, there's a lot, there's a lot of punching. Re- there's a lot of lot of release, shall we say? <laughs> <laughs> they release a lot, I imagine. <laughs> um, so I so we 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 worked and and Paul Paul be the first to say, he's technically useless. He's very very funny. He's a great ideas man, but. You know, technically, he's just, you know, I have to coach him through recording, like getting it so, so he's actually recording, and he's there's not the, you know, he's not record. He, I mean, literally, we had to do hours and hours of of him setting him up on the software so he could actually like record. basic training. Yeah, Man. and so so you can imagine and him then putting the episode together. So it takes a long time and. uh and so the third one is sat there waiting for me to be well enough to put together, um, and it's mostly recorded. The, all of the all of the voices record and everything, but mm. it's just so difficult and so time consuming, so energy sapping to do it that I just I've been so ill over the last yeah. two months, three months. I've just been unable to do it. Oh man! Well, I'm, I hope there'll be a time where you do get round to doing it again, where you, you yeah. feel well enough to. Well, Get it out there. What we're doing, what we, we we're sort of toying with the idea of doing something else with Pat and Clive, and but it, it, 
it's a dream thing really because what what we're looking at doing is producing a sort of mockumentary sitcom come reality show right in where, podcast form no no we're going to try and write a script it oh, sounds right. so arsy and wanky but no it doesn't know, um, not at all we're, we're going to try anyway and see where it goes but uh, we wanted we want to do we want to do a series where Pat is a voluntary carer and Pat isn't like Pat. Pat's still Pat, but he's not like Pat. He's not dysfunctional he's, he's like as a, Pat. He's like a sort of a different incarnation yeah. of Pat. Right, yeah. but, and he's, he's got a kind heart. He's not... I mean, I'm, he's not... He's not um, mentally is impaired as, as a right, character. Is he still as sexually frustrated as he used to be? No, no, there's none of that. What he is is, is, a, is a bumbling sort of kind-hearted... Um, man who who wins carer of the year award for his voluntary care work for a lady who subsequently dies and leaves him some money and there's a lot of there's there's loads more i won't go into it but clive he ends up looking after clive who's ill right um and clive uh resents the help and things like (laughs) that but so there's a so there's a whole arc of where I like the sound of it though you've, yeah. you've wet my appetite I can see that now it starts yeah it's it is it's we've got some really good ideas but the only way we could do it is film it and the only way you film it is get commissioned or or get you know or, or get, and you have to write it you can't you can't go you can't go to the BBC like you did with Monty Python and Monty Python chaps and say, oh, we've got an idea that we want to do a f- program right there's 13 episodes I mean that's literally what mm. happened uh, have you considered uh, getting it crowdfunded? Um, I'm not sure whether there'd be the appetite enough. I mean, it's expensive, isn't it? I mean, I don't. Mm. I, I want to write it first. I think. The, I think the important thing is to write it. So we're gonna we're gonna sort of. The only way we can do it because, like, say, Pat in this homeless shelter is do one day a week where we we Skype each other, we 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 improv and ad lib and then we write it down and then formulate that into a scene then put that into a, into the episode we've got an, we've got a series arc and we've got an episode arc and we know the characters we've got the backstories and everything they're all set in concrete we've even got a rule sheet which you know the rules are this that right, you yeah. know like a show bible sort of yeah thing. yeah pretty right. much um and i think it's important that because we want it to be fairly sad we want it to be fairly realistic we want to try and portray a character like clive who who struggles with money because of the way that the department of work and pensions treat him right, yeah. we want to show the nhs and social care problems that are in the country but and we want that to be as realistic because we want to make a comment i mean i'm i'm you know i'm i'm ill i i, I get i have disability benefits and i'm registered disabled and i've got you know i've got i have issues and i've had issues with all those situations so so we want to try and put a realistic spin on it but with having with having the ridiculous and slap slapstick comedy of of the situation that arises out of someone who's being reluctantly cared for by an idiot so (laughs) 
There's a lot. Yeah. I think there's a lot of scope for that. If you, if you, if you, if you're mellowed, if you, if you, if you think of Pat being mellowed and slightly less weird, and then think of Clive being slightly more abrasive. Uh, sorry, Clive slightly more abrasive and slightly less religious and slightly less friendly yeah. initially. Then that's the idea we're looking at. Yeah, yeah, man. Oh, that so, sounds dead good. I'd I'd watch it, man. Yeah, well, I mean, I think the scope for it, I genuinely do. But like I say, it's getting these things, it's getting these things, you know, into place. And again, I've literally just got. I'm in the brilliant position of being able to do it because I haven't got a job because I can't work. But what I can do is sit on my bed with my with my laptop and write it. Mm. You know, whether it be good, I, I've got at least I've got the hours of the day to do it. I mean, I haven't got any. It's, it's, I haven't got it's any the money motivation, to go. isn't it? Really? Yeah, it's well. I'm I'm very well mentally motivated. It's physically being able to. You know, it is physical. Yeah. It's the physical nature of it. Anyway, I dig, I digress. So that's something we want to do. Um, but, well, I, but I hope that I hope that comes off. I hope that like you know gets off the ground. I'd, I'd, I wish you all the best for that. We did. We did have a plan of getting the podcast together to show who Pat and Clive are, and then try and do something filmed. You know, try and. Uh, raise the money you know to spend our own money but when we looked at the cost of even a five or ten minute f- film you know it's ridiculous the cost it's no extortionate wonder. man yeah yeah so um, that's what i'm doing i mean you could you could try and dupe some local film students into helping you out well, for free, I, saying that like you could do like get on work experience or yeah we we, we we've got scope i mean my son goes to a a drama college with there's some young kids there who are who are willing to you know would I'm sure would be willing to help out in with actors and and stuff like that but um mm. yeah it's it's going to be it's going to be difficult but it's a dream and you have to have dreams don't you otherwise what's the point that's absolutely true that what is the point if you don't have dreams exactly so that's me in a nutshell mate <laughs> Well, I'm glad to have spoken to you, man. I'm 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 pleased you have. I've enjoyed. I've really, really enjoyed. I've enjoyed it. as well. Sorry for not being chatty. My end. I've just been fascinated by what you were saying. Listen, listen. I'm a gobshite. I'm from Teesside. So as soon as <laughs> listen, so, listen. As, I'm a gobshite from Northumberland. <laughs> oh, that's true. So. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Until yeah, I do like that part of the country. I like I like, I like Teesside. I mean, I'm saying that with like my fingers crossed, but yeah, do you? Teesside's. Uh, <clears throat> I guess there's, yeah. is there a part yeah. I like of Teesside? I, I, uh, the, well, there's some wonderful, wonderful countryside in Teesside. I believe it. That's not, true. Yeah, uh, that, not, you got a good not, point. Yeah. Well, is, is it Teesside? I mean, if I drive five or six minutes, I'm in the Cleveland Hills and the North Yorkshire Moors, and it's mm. you know. I can drive five minutes. There. I can drive five minutes and go and buy, you know, thirty quid's worth of heroin. So. You drive five minutes, you can breathe in like a whole lung full of smog from the yeah. uh, chemical plants. No, they're all shut down now. Are they? Oh. We all, we all, we all work in telephone call centres. <laughs> all right. <laughs> <laughs> well, what what is it they pump out of those big chimneys? I, I see that all the time when I'm going back up home. Um. Oh, on at Billingham there. Uh, yeah, Billingham, yeah. like on the A19. Like you I know, think and... it's ammonia and cyanide. I think. Oh, well, that's all right. Nothing then. to worry about. No. <laughs> no, the the regulations are that strict now, aren't they? I think it'll just be steam a lot of it. 
Vaughan, thank you so much for your time. That's been wonderful. Uh, I'm going to let you go back to your life now. <laughs> well, thank you very much. I hope I was a little bit interesting for people. Uh, you were fascinating, man. Cheers for that. Thanks a lot. Bye now. Bye bye. Thank you so much, Vaughan Earl Norman. Um, that was lovely. What a great guy. Really, really enjoyed talking to him. Uh, and I'm just over the moon that he decided to spend time uh, with me talking bollocks, really, while he was knackered. And I think this thing, that's dead kind of him. He's just one of the nicest guys I've spoke to. Cheers, Vaughan. I uh, hope all goes well for the future with your projects and all that. And you're welcome on this shithole podcast whenever you feel like it. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Can't thank you enough. Hey, guys, uh, on Saturday, the 3rd of February, uh, there'll be an episode of this podcast. It'll be episode four. Yeah, sure. That's true. Um, you knew this. It's a Saturday podcast. It's what happens. Pod- there's, there's episodes on Saturdays. Sure. What I want to do is I want to do a sort of a special sort of fancy one. It's going to be the first sort of like non... It's going to be the first one that sort of veers from the format, yeah? And what I need is you to help me. I need the listeners to help me out with this one. It's going to be interactive and fun and uh, you can control what happens. Big Brother, who goes, you decide. Sky Active, Red Button, choose your winner thing. Um... So, what I want is, uh, well, let me explain to you. You know, there's such a thing, isn't there, in the radio universe as a phone-in show? Ha! Yeah, that's right. Uh, and pe- some people utilise uh, phone calls in podcasts, don't they? Like Chris Gethard, he, he did, he sort of, what was it, Beautiful Anonymous, he does that. Uh, I kind of want to sort of rip that off, but not really. It's not really a ripping off. What this, What, what I'm going to do in two weeks' time is I'm going to do a phone-out podcast, right? Because I don't have the facilities in this studio uh, where I come to record the thing. I don't uh, this podcast. I don't have facilities to accept incoming calls. Like, I don't have, like, um, how, how stations like Talk Radio or LBC or anywhere else, really, they have this thing on a computer called Phone Box, and you can, like, you've got, like, 12 lines, and you can just pick one and get them on. What I've got is I've got two... Um, of these things right here, uh, I've got two BT Duet uh, hand handsets. Listen to it. This is me clinking it down. That's an actual phone. You can probably you can hear the tone through the speaker there. Can you hear that? Not well, but that's an actual phone. And I've got two of them, and uh, they can hook up to this mixing desk that I've got here. I can phone out of the studio. People can't phone in, but I can phone out. So what I want to do is, I want to do a phone out show. The way we're going to do this is very simple. I have opened my DMs on Twitter to everyone. Anyone can send me a DM right now, if they so want. But what I really want in DMs, in my DMs, in the DMs, I want... People's phone numbers. Now, I don't want, like, you know, stre- I don't want, like, you know, your dad's phone number or, like, I don't want you to play a prank on your best friend and give me their phone number. I want your phone number, okay? Yeah, and I know you're going to abuse this anyway. You're going to send me strangers' phone numbers. I want you, the listener, to give me a phone number via DM. Uh, my Twitter is at jhenryhardy. That's at jhenryhardy. Um... I'll, I'll I'll put I'll mention my Twitter name in the 
description of this podcast. So just click the image and it will be somewhere in there. Um, I want to record this podcast around about 7, 8 p.m. on Friday, the 2nd of February. So just a day before I release it. Um, so give me your phone number if you're prepared, if you're available between 7, 8-ish, maybe up to 9 o'clock on Friday, the 2nd of February. Okay? Uh, send it in a DM, at Hardy on Twitter. Yes, sure. What else is there? Um... Yeah, that's it, really. I think it's going to be fun. I want to hear your voices. I want to hear what you sound like. And I think we should have some fun. It will be good. It will be different because next week's podcast is going to be a sort of another interview again. And you remember at the very beginning last week when I said, oh, this podcast is going to be very different each week. Three interviews in a row. Mm, That's not so different, is it? So Friday the 3rd of February, Saturday the 3rd of February, <laughs> that's going to be the the first sort of off-format uh, episode of this, and it's going to be very interesting to see what happens. So please give me that. Uh, recording on Friday the 2nd of Feb, as I said, released Friday, uh, Saturday the 3rd of Feb. I'm very tired. I'm mixing up my... I hope, I hope you, this makes sense. I hope this is clear for you. Is, it, is what I'm saying actually understandable? Am I intelligible right now can you understand what i'm trying to convey to you what messages what i'm what i'm trying to say what the, what the words what they mean do you know what they mean do, do you understand me it's i think it's all my fault really that you can't understand me because i'm so shit at talking and communicating i just can't do it properly i'm gonna hit the stop button now thank you for listening to this episode two of Harry Hardy's fun Saturday internet podcast thing. Uh, I look forward to he- speaking. That's the word. I look forward to speaking <laughs> to you <laughs> next week. Uh, bear in mind, uh, episode brought to you by uh, headphoneparty.com. Uh, follow Simon on Twitter at UK Silent Disco. And hey, if you're a small business owner or a really large one, Please please consider this podcast for advertising. The rates are very cheap at the minute. Simon couldn't believe his luck when I told him how cheap they were. They're not going to stay that cheap forever. So get in while you can, and I'll make sure I do a good job of reading your adverts, because I like to say things into a microphone. I'm going to go to bed now, guys. Bye-bye. See you next week. Bye. Bye.